0: This podcast is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome back to From Crime to Crime.
0: Hey, buddy. How's it going?
1: Uh, fine. Yeah, nobody cares. All right. What are we doing this week? <clears throat> Sorry, I got a tickle in my throat. Hopefully it doesn't happen through the entire episode. Did you take a sip of something? Yeah, I'm trying to drink tea. It's just really hot.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're really not British, so. <laughs> it's not... Actually, according to my
1: 23andMe, I am mostly British, so. Oh, um, are you? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's all just
0: white all across the board, really. But it's like, yeah, well, yeah, you're pretty much from like that island. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I had very little. Actually, I don't think I had any when I did mine. Really? Where are you from? Uh, Like Danish and Irish. Um, well, Irish is close. German, to I don't know. It was it was also all the white things, just not British, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which well, is
0: probably why I'm not a big fan of tea. Although I do like iced tea. Anyway. I've
1: I have opened my my horizon up to tea. Anyway, nobody cares about our tea preferences or where we're from originally. So let's get to the episode.
0: Okay, so this week's episode we're going to start May fourth, two thousand and seven.
1: May the fourth be with you in two thousand and seven. Uh Brad Paisley.
0: No, close. This Person's done duets with Brad Paisley,
1: okay. Allison Krauss and Robert nope. Plant. Nope, oh, dang. Oh, Carrie Underwood, yes. You know what song that was uh, Before He Cheats, nope. Oh, uh, um, Jesus Take the Wheel, nope. Um, oh, the Monday Night Football theme song, nope. Three strikes are out, it was wasted. It was Sunday Night Football, um, it's what. Wasted. Oh, away again in Margaritaville. I thought that was Jimmy Buffett. Yeah,
0: that one is Jimmy Buffett, but just no. just Wasted is Carrie Underwood. Don't know it. Yeah, it's okay. It's actually a pretty good song. I'm not going to lie. Not my style of country, but it is a good song. Anyway, so we're going to <laughs> It doesn't matter. We're going We're in a weird mood tonight. I I got to agree.
1: Good. Like we're not recording at our normal time and stuff and I think we're just both kind of like thrown off by the time change.
0: Well, I'm not participating in the time change.
1: <laughs> you just skipped it remember yeah remember that year that george bush just kind of skipped over time change it was like uh, ah, we're not gonna do it yet that's when i realized that time was just all made up and i was like you can just do that this time well, thing is it was not made real. up to begin with they didn't do it before but that's when i realized i mean i was probably like 12 13 like i didn't really thought about time
0: i remember i told you at the last time change i was like i'm not participating anymore i'm not Matt's been gone for a week, and I have not changed one clock in my house. He oh. left the night before the time change, and I have not changed a clock in my house. So when do you wake up? When my body wakes me up. Which is the same time as it was before. Well, now it's like five. Yeah, your body has a clock. You uh, know, uh,
1: very. I am very aware of your internal clock. The circadian rhythm, if you will.
0: But I, I, it's not like I set an alarm like I, I haven't woken up to my alarm in years like I just wake up and then like 30 minutes later when I'm drinking my coffee my alarm goes off and I go, oh shit and I run in and turn it off. I don't set an
1: alarm either but that's because I don't have to wake up as soon as you do like you have to wake up really early because you have to be at work early. I work from home
0: so either way I'm not doing the time change so it is what it is I'm just gonna <laughs> be an hour a- off from everybody else. And when I run for governor or president someday, that's going to be my only platform is no more time change. Hmm, that's it. And I guarantee you, I'm going to get elected because people hate the time change.
1: They do. I'd be I'd be curious about your foreign policy, but your your stance on time change, hey, I'm right there with.
0: So, all right, let's get to this non-foreign policy issue <laughs> of this case this week. This is very domestic. If so.
1: you've actually gotten to this part of the podcast, you are a true fan because this is just oh, nonsense. Oh, I'm cutting all of that out. Oh, well. Welcome back to From Crime to Crime. (laughs) That was pretty good.
0: All right. All right. Focus. Did you take your focus meds? Um, Focus. Yeah. So we're going to Belton, Missouri. It's like 25 minutes south of Kansas City. Kara Kopetsky is a junior at Belton High School in 2007. So she's like a couple years younger than us. So you know what it was like in high school in the mid-2000s. Very much so. She was going through kind of a little bit of a rebellious stage. She was, like, smoking cigarettes and ditching school, and she had this shitty boyfriend that nobody liked. I mean, all of that sounds very reminiscent of you. Yeah, she did have a shitty boyfriend, though, that nobody liked, especially her parents, Rhonda and Jim. She was a good kid, but she had been hanging out with kind of the wrong crowd. Rough-around-the-edges types. It did seem like, though, by May of 2007, that she was kind of coming out of it. She was starting to distance herself a little bit from the rougher crowd and the boyfriend. And she held a job at Popeye's. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and she was really responsible. She, like, never missed work. She would ditch school, but never miss work. And that really does sound like me. I mean, one pays, one doesn't. Yeah. But I was thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, I used to ditch school all the time, sometimes to go to work. (laughs) Yeah. No, now look at you. Now you never miss work. Never.
1: You're the employee of the month every month.
0: Working on employee of the year this year. It's November, so I'm really trying hard lately. I bet you could do it. So anyway, by May, she was coming out of this you know, like, rebellious stage a little bit. She was still having slip-ups here and there, but she was coming out of it. She was hanging out with those friends less, and she was distancing herself from that boyfriend, starting to spend less time with him and sort of trying to break it off. But, like, any toxic-as-fuck relationship, it wasn't a clean break. It was over time. So on the morning of May 4th, 2007, Rhonda, her mom, offered to drive Kara to school. Sure, she took it. Who wouldn't? Well, Kara didn't. Because... She wanted to walk, and her mom says now that she's pretty sure she wanted to walk because she wanted to sneak in a cigarette. So about an hour after she got to school, she called her mom because she forgot a textbook at home, and she wanted her mom to bring it to the school. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because teenagers suck, and they always forget shit at home. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, honestly, I would forget a ton of stuff at home, too, if I worked out of the the house.
0: Yeah, she also told her mom when she called about the textbook that she forgot to wash her work uniform from the night before, and she had a shift that night at 4 o'clock, so she asked her mom if she would wash her work uniform before her mom went to work. I mean, does she? Because my mom probably wouldn't have. Yeah, her mom did. Oh, nice. Your mom would have washed your work uniform, I'm sure. My mom used to do it for me all the time. I'd forget very regularly. And she used to wash mine for me, like, every day.
1: Well, this was in
0: high school. I don't
1: know. Who knows? I don't remember. That was a long time ago.
0: (laughs) Ignore me. Just move on. I, I am not focused. You are right. So her mom does. Her mom washes the work uniform, brings her the textbook on her way to work. Now, Kara and her stepdad, Jim would usually get home about the same time in the afternoon, and then if Kara worked that night, she would get ready and go to work at 4. So when Jim got home around 3 p.m., he was kind of expecting Kara to be home, and she wasn't. So he waited around for a little bit, waiting for her to get home, and she never came, so he tried calling her, but she didn't answer. That was a little strange because... I mean, by this time, everybody's got cell phones. Kids are attached to their phones.
1: Yeah, I was thinking, like,
0: I would totally expect her to have answered that phone call if she hadn't wasn't supposed to be home already. So he thought maybe she got in trouble at school and her phone got taken away for some reason. Like, maybe she was texting in class. So he heads over to the high school to check it out, like, to see if she's still there or if she's, like, in the principal's office because she got her phone taken away something. But it's after 3 p.m. on a Friday, so the high school is a ghost town. I mean, everybody was gone.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. No one wants to hang around on a Friday, especially in a high school. Yeah, Either you want to get away from the school or you want to get away from the kids. So, yeah, everyone's getting out of there. Yeah,
0: everybody's gone. So he goes back home and Rhonda, his wife, is home by then. And he tells her, like, look, I don't know what's going on, but Kara never came home from school. Her work uniform that you washed this morning is still here. Like, I don't know why she's not home. And Rhonda also thinks this is strange because it's not like Kara to miss work at all. And she asked her mom to wash that uniform. So they think maybe she got called off at work, like maybe they didn't need her. And then she went and hung out with friends and just kind of forgot to text them yet. Would that be kind of her M.O., though? Because, I mean... They say not really. She would let them know if her plans changed, but maybe it was just so early that she hadn't. So they keep trying to call and text her. No answer. After a very short time of this, they realize something's wrong. Because even if she would have forgot to tell them that her plans changed, she would have answered her phone. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so around 4 o'clock, Jim goes to Popeye's to see if, like, well, maybe for some reason she had a work shirt in her locker at school or something and then got a ride to work instead of having to walk.
1: Yeah, but this is a big change, though. Like, she would have to, like, pretty much go do everything outside of her ordinary to have this happen.
0: Yeah, totally. So when Jim goes to Popeye's to see if she's there, her manager is like, hey, what the hell's going on with Kara? Like, we super need her. We're real busy, and she's supposed to be at work right now. And he's like, well, that's what I'm—that's what I thought. That's why I'm here. So her manager was worried about her, too, because it wasn't like her to not show up for a shift or even to be, like, late. So, Jim waited around a little bit just to make sure that she wasn't late, but she never shows up. So, Jim and Rhonda call family and friends, and they drive around looking for her in all of her usual spots, like places that she normally hangs out, including the local skate park. Which I totally forgot was a thing. Skate parks? Do you remember? Those were, like, real big. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I never hung out at them because I wasn't a skater, but they were a big deal when we were in high school, and I totally forgot about that.
1: I do kind of remember them being a big deal, but I wasn't a skater either. But, you know, the block had
0: that van skate park that that was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, they don't find car at the skate park. So Rhonda calls and checks their cell phone records. Do you remember back in the day, like when your cell phone bill would come, there would be like a printed record of all your calls and texts? I had totally forgotten all
1: about that. But yeah, 100%. Like, like, who have you been texting? Like,
0: Yeah, it'd be like 40 pages long. Yeah, yeah.
1: Who's this number? What is that? Oh, yeah, I do remember
0: that. Man. Whew. Glad we don't do that anymore. Yeah, no kidding. So Rhonda checks all these numbers, though, and calls them all to see if anybody has seen Kara. And nobody had. So by literally like 5 o'clock, you know, like an hour after she missed her shift, they were... Freaking out enough that they decided to call the police. Like, it was that out of character for her to be out of touch for that long. Good. That's great. But the police didn't take it super seriously, uh, like usual. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, because she was 17. But also, it's interesting that they didn't take it seriously because earlier that day, just an hour or two before, one of her friends had also reported her missing. Oh. To the police. Because she said that she hadn't seen her at school and couldn't get a hold of her and it was really freaking her out. So she reported it to the police. Why wouldn't she check with her family first? That's weird, right? The only thing I could think of is maybe she didn't know her family or maybe the family did call to say, like, have you heard from her too? And she hadn't. And she was like, somebody needs to just go to the police. And she just went before they did. All right.
1: That one I can get on board with. I can understand that one. Yeah. But otherwise, doesn't that seem like you know something and, like, just bypassing the family and just going straight to police? Like, that, that
0: could be a red flag. Yeah, it does seem like something I wouldn't do. But also, we have a little bit of a skewed opinion because we were all close with our friends' families. True, yeah. Like, I... If, if I couldn't get a hold of you, I would be with your mom searching, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like you would be with my mom searching. Like maybe she wasn't close to her friends, parents, I don't know. But either way, the police don't take it seriously even though they've gotten multiple reports of this girl being missing. But one of the reasons that they didn't take it super seriously was because Kara had been reported missing once before. Where did she go then? She had gotten in a big fight with her parents on her birthday because she was grounded because of this ditching school and this guy that they didn't like that she was dating. And they grounded her on her birthday and she didn't like that, so she went out anyway and didn't come home that night. And so they reported her missing. And then the next morning she came home. Hmm. So the police are kind of thinking... Same thing, yeah. Yeah. But her parents are like, but the, the situation is not the same. Like, we're not fighting. And things have been getting better. And she was supposed to be at work today. Like, it's not anywhere close to the same situation. Even though the police are like, well, this has happened before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. This isn't the first time we've seen this.
0: Yeah. But they're trying to explain to the cops, like, look, she's breaking up with that boyfriend. Like, he's abusive, and she filed a restraining order against him a week ago. Things were getting better between us and her. Like, she's distancing herself from the shitty friends. She's not ditching school as much. Yeah. But the police were like, no, no, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) No. Nah. Yeah, they're like, we'll talk about this tomorrow if she's not home. But by the morning, Kara still was not home. So this is when the police did finally start to, like, talk to her friends and be like, hey, who was the last person you saw her with? When did you see her? Stuff like that. Uh, They canvassed the neighborhood. They checked video surveillance at the school. And they even contacted the media to get the word out about her missing. And the media picked up her story right away. They were like, oh, shit, a missing teenage girl? Let's talk about this. But then... That weekend, a huge, devastating tornado hit the area, and all the news immediately went to coverage of the tornado and the damage.
1: I can understand that. A big tornado, that means for a lot of missing people.
0: Yeah, it was $250 million in damage, and 63 people were injured, and 10 people were killed. 95% of this town, Greensburg, Kansas, which is right next to where this is all going down, was destroyed. Oh, man. 95% of the time. That's incredible. Yeah, so her story got pushed to the side big time when that happened. But the police didn't stop. I mean, they continued to investigate. They searched her room, and that was a little concerning when they searched her room because nothing was missing. That a teenage girl would take with them when they ran away. Her makeup, her clothes, her iPod, everything was still there.
1: I was thinking about an iPod earlier in the episode, about like 2007. And I was like, oh man, we all had iPods then.
0: But I didn't say it, but clearly she did. Yeah, and she'd just gotten it for Christmas a couple months before. So she would have never left that at home if she ran away. The other things that she left was like her makeup and her flat iron and stuff like, like a teenage girl in 2007 is not going to forget any of that. Or that little belt. That goes around her waist, too. Yeah. She also left a carton of cigarettes in her bedroom with only a pack taken out of it. So if you're going to run away, you're going to take your smokes and your flat iron and your makeup. Like, it was getting pretty concerning that she did not run away. Yeah. And what wasn't in her room was in her locker at school. When they searched that, like her debit card was in her locker at school and there was no activity on her bank account since the day she went missing. Yeah. None of that's a good sign. All of that points directly to problems. Yeah. Foul play for sure. Her cell phone also showed zero activity since the morning she went missing.
1: Didn't MySpace have anything going on with it?
0: It's funny that you mentioned that. Myspace is a little bit in this story, but we're not going to talk about it much. But yeah, she posted stuff on Myspace and everything, but there was nothing on there that would say where she was or who she was with. But yes, Myspace was a thing then, and she did have one.
1: How – like – What was the last timestamp of something she posted?
0: It was before she went missing. Okay. That's what I'm saying. There was no activity on her cell, her debit card, anything since the morning that she went missing. So by May 5th, they interview Kyler Eust. How do you feel about the name Kyler? The name Kyler is one thing. It's fine. Whatever. But the way this idiot spells his name is K-Y-L-R. Ooh. No yeah. So I don't know what his parents had against vowels, but... (laughs) not into him
1: they couldn't afford to buy any of them
0: yeah and this kid is the biggest piece of shit you could imagine he's not cool he's like 19 and he's a high school dropout he's an apprentice at a tattoo shop but in general he's just like kind of a loser who's dating a high school girl this is her shitty boyfriend That nobody likes. Yeah, he sounds like a winner. Yeah, you know, typical bad boy shit, except this kid wasn't just like playing the bad boy. He was a bad boy. It turns out he's extremely controlling and abusive, physically abusive. Makes sense. That restraining order that she had filed the week before she went missing, she had to give examples of why she wanted the protection order. And she recounted times where he threatened to slit her throat with a knife. Oh, God. Where he slapped her, punched her, choked her. The final straw was on April 28th, which was the week before she went missing, which was the straw that made her file this restraining order. He was waiting for her outside of her work when she got off a shift that night, and he forced her into his truck and held her against her will and yelled and berated her for, like, a really long time because she hadn't been hanging out with him as much. or Like, she was trying to distance herself from him. Yeah, no wonder. Like... Yeah, and he finally let her out of the car in a town like 15 miles from where they lived and just like kicked her out of the car. Uh, So he pretty much kidnapped her and held her hostage for a while. And like all because she didn't want to hang out with him? Yeah. Now, is he
1: reluctantly like releasing and be like, okay, fine, and leaving her alone? Or is he going the other way and like... You know, if you want someone to hang out with, then you can hang out with me. Yeah, he's an abusive boyfriend. Yeah,
0: 100%. So this kind of incident wasn't new, and in her application for that protection order, she told the courts that she was scared because the stalking and the abuse was getting worse over time. Like, it started with little things, and then it became worse and worse and worse. And she told them that she was afraid of what he was going to do, because in the last nine months, it's gotten really bad. Did anybody take it seriously? Yeah, I mean they gave her the protection order. Okay,
1: so they did grant it.
0: Yeah. Okay, good. But I mean, it's a piece of paper. Right. Abusive boyfriends don't care about protection orders. That's not I mean, you need to get one so that you could put him in jail when he violates it, but that they don't care about it. So, they bring him in for questioning cuz obviously she's missing and he was just served with a protection order like 3 days ago. So, probably didn't sit real well with him
1: no i can't imagine it did guys like that man like they it you you're right you have to do it but all it does is piss them off and make them do more dumb shit
0: yep so when they bring him in for questioning he was reportedly emotional but cooperative he answered their questions and they didn't really have anything on him you know they just had a feeling that he was involved in her disappearance He said that he hadn't seen her that day that she went missing, but he did say that she called him at like 11 a.m. that day, but he missed the call. Okay. Yeah. So they had no evidence to charge him or anything, so they had to let him go while they worked on the timeline. So they checked the surveillance video from the school, and it was actually pretty helpful, which normally they don't work. So (laughs) the fact that these cameras worked was pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, sounds nice. I mean, 2007, we didn't have very many of them then.
0: That's what I was going to say. It's like, I don't even know if my school had cameras. I don't think they did. Uh, yeah. I,
1: probably. They probably went in not long after. But, yeah, I don't. I'm not sure if mine did either.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe they did and we just didn't know. Could be. But I don't know. The surveillance video was helpful, though. Because her parents said she was at school that day. But then, remember, her friend said that she wasn't. Yeah. And so they were like, well, we need to decide if she was even at school that day. Because... We've got conflicting reports. And when they checked the video, it showed that she was at school that morning. It showed her getting the book that her mom had dropped off, the textbook that her mom had dropped off. But then, so the video also shows her talking to some friends and then going in the bathroom. And then when she comes out of the bathroom, she leaves and she's never seen again. She doesn't, she's not seen coming back into the school.
1: But she leaves on her own...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. At 9.19 a.m., she walks out of the building. So the book thing throws people off because they're like, why would she call her mom to bring a textbook if she was going to ditch school? But I actually think that's kind of genius.
1: Yeah, kind of create. You can create the, that alibi for yourself?
0: Yeah, like kind of create doubt like because her mom's not going to question that she was at school that day because later when her mom goes, why do you have this truancy from you know May 4th? And she'll be like, May 4th? And she'll look at it and she'll be like, that was the day you brought me my textbook. I was there. I never would have thought that far ahead. Yeah, but I did stuff like that. So I got it. I was like, that's 100% why she did that. I mean, I could be wrong, but <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's why she did that. Yeah.
1: I, I wouldn't have done that. That That's way too advanced for me.
0: Yeah. But as we know, later that afternoon, she never showed up to work and was reported missing, and she hasn't been seen since. This video of her walking out of school at 9.19 a.m. is the last time she's been seen. Like, they don't have anything after that.
1: This is, I I mean, I already have tons of theories on this, but it's so well, you don't need
0: theories. It's a so solved that's, case.
1: I know. That's why I'm so excited to hear, because my mind's running wild on the different reasons and stuff. So let's yeah. keep going.
0: So when they asked Kyler Use in this questioning, you know, the douchey boyfriend, yeah. he said that he hadn't seen her that day, but that she called him around 11 and he was with his grandpa and his grandma visiting his great aunt in like a medical rehab facility. You know, like at where you go after you have surgery or something. Sure.
1: Like recovery center or something.
0: Yeah. That's his alibi is that he... Missed her call because he was with his grandparents visiting his great aunt. But when they check the cell phone records, uh, that doesn't line up. They show that Kara's last call was to him that morning. Ooh. What time? Yeah. uh, Right around 9. And then he called her back at 9.20 a.m., which was one minute after she walked out of the building. All right. So, you know... Could have been her calling him to tell him to come pick her up from school and then him calling her to tell her that he was there. Yeah. I mean, speculation. But when the police ask her friends, like the ones that she talked to on that video, on the surveillance video, where she was going, they said they didn't know. They said that she was kind of asking people, if they like, hey, you want to get out of here? You want to ditch with me? You know, and everybody was like, oh, no, I got to do this or I have this test. And so nobody went with her. So nobody knows where she was planning on going because nobody went with her. So that's suspicious as fuck, and obviously Kyler has a lot of explaining to do, (laughs) but he doesn't. He's just like, nah, I was with my grandpa, I told you. And just doesn't change the story? Nope. And they don't love that, but they talk, they interview his grandpa, and his grandpa's like, yeah, he was with me. Like, he confirms that he was with him that afternoon. The police, though, for some reason, they didn't talk to the grandma or the aunt or check any of the, like, visitor logs at the rehab center and none of that. Like, they didn't verify his alibi. They were just like, hey, old man used, you know, the grandpa, like, (laughs) was he with you? And he's like, yeah, for sure. I'm gonna be really honest, I don't love that because if somebody asked my grandpa, like, hey, was Erica with you on that day? He'd probably be like, yep, pretty sure.
1: Yeah, definitely, no
0: question. Yeah, like, of course he's gonna lie for his grandson, like, who wouldn't? So the trail of where she went, goes pretty cold. None of her friends know. Kyler says he doesn't know. They have no clues. There's not any tips about sightings of her. Nothing like that. It gets pretty cold right away. But then a few weeks after Kara vanished, another girl named Kelsey Smith disappeared from a Target in Overland Park, Kansas, which is not very far. Her case is super interesting, and we'll cover it sometime. She went to a Target to get a gift for her boyfriend for their anniversary. And while she was in Target, somebody was stalking her while she was in there and then abducted her in the parking lot when they left. So, of course, when this happens, everybody thinks there's a serial killer abducting teenage girls in the area. Oh, 100%. Yeah, which kind of took the heat off of Kyler for a hot second but after a few weeks of that investigation pretty intense investigation and a lot of surveillance video in that case they ended up catching Kelsey Smith's kidnapper and he ended up confessing to murder pleading guilty and everything and they looked into him in Kara's case but there was no connection like it wasn't possible that he was responsible for Kara's disappearance also so we're back at square one after th- like thinking oh maybe it's a boyfriend and then maybe it's a serial killer now they're like well, shit we're back to nothing so they keep her case open and her family Keeps her name in the media, like they go on all kinds of Nancy Grace and Geraldo and all these media personalities that you love so much.
1: (laughs) I was just thinking,
0: couldn't they find anyone better? (laughs) Like, like Geraldo, yeah, Keith Morrison must have been busy.
1: (laughs) Geraldo is not who I'm going, like, don't go to Geraldo if I go missing. (laughs)
0: go to somebody anybody else yeah so they don't make any arrests though like her family's keeping her name in the media and getting a lot of attention for it but the police make zero advancements in her case which is unbelievable yeah because kyler allegedly can't keep his mouth shut about what he did to her
1: Who's he talking to?
0: Everybody that will listen. Ex-girlfriends. What? Cellmates, roommates, friends, anybody. In 2010, so a couple years after her disappearance, one of his friends and a former roommate of his went to the police and was like, Hey, every time Kyler gets drunk, he confesses to killing Kara.
1: Oh my God. Like he
0: tells people he did it. So that should be enough to at least garner a second look at this guy and like, how can we pin him? Maybe trap him get him drunk, see if he'll confess to one of us. I don't know. Uh, but it doesn't. Like, they, they don't do much with that lead. What do you mean? Like, it seems pretty... I mean, I don't know. Can
1: you get someone drunk and just then tape them? Is that against the rules?
0: I don't think so, because then his high school girlfriend, like an ex-girlfriend of his, came forward and told them the same thing. That every time she talks to him, he gets drunk and confesses that he killed Kara. And so the FBI talks her into bugging her car with, like, audio... And wearing a wire and hanging out with him. But again, it's when he gets drunk, isn't it? Yeah, but on these recordings, he says shit like I strangled the fuck out of her. Oh. Like he he says he did it on these recordings. Oh my God. Yeah. And her and him, and this is all set up like she, she let the FBI bug her car. So she's trying to get him to talk about it. And he says that kind of stuff. And then she makes a Ouija board and wants him to go into the woods so they can like talk to Kara. So like maybe they can get any more information. And on that recording, clear as day. (laughs) Ouija board. I know. It's the second time <laughs> we've talked about a Ouija board on this podcast. I'm like, is this really a thing that people do? Oh, my God. Okay.
1: Like, you can buy these things in toy stores. Why are we doing this? No, they this-
0: made one. Why-, <laughs> Why are we doing this in investigations? Because the- she's trying to get him to confess on the, on the a wire. the Ouija board? Like- I don't know why that came up, but that's what they did. <laughs> so they go and just. All right. So on this recording from the woods that night, he says stuff like, "It really does turn you on that I killed a girl, huh?" Like he thinks this is like, wow, like hot. Wow. What a pickup line. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I could. I was like, whoa. And she even says like, "No, not really." <laughs> like it does not. And he's like, yeah, it does. That's why you keep trying to get me to confess to it. Like, because it's obviously turning you on. And she can't be like, no, I'm trying to get you to confess because I'm wearing right. wire. So she has to, you know, like, it's kind of awkward.
1: Does she play into it? Like, like, yeah, you're right, baby. Tell yeah. me more. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes and no but either way they still don't arrest him even after these recordings because his reasoning for saying shit like that was because he was trying to get in her but he's like I thought she was getting turned on thinking I killed her he's like so I was just going along with it to try to sleep with her he didn't say anything on those recordings that could be proved that he did it you know or even prove what he did with Kara's body or anything yeah so they still couldn't arrest him even though they had literal audio tapes of him saying he strangled her. So somehow this case gets even colder than it was, even though this guy keeps saying he didn't. Um, But then in 2011, he tried to kill another one of his girlfriends. Oh,
1: was he trying to get this girl back? And so he was like, hey, let me do
0: that again. Yes. Oh. She says that he came home one night drunk, and she was pregnant with his kid, Twins, actually, I think. And he came home drunk, and she was packing her bags to leave, and he attacked her. Oh my
1: god.
0: You're a special kind of violent or like vile scum to do this. Yeah. And she says he was abusive anyways but this night he strangled her until she would lose consciousness and then he would punch her to wake her back up and do it again and again and again. And while he was doing it he was threatening her and telling her that his family had a ranch where there was, they had pigs that would eat bodies and that he's killed before and he'd do it again and You know, all this while he's beating her and strangling her. Oh, God, that's awful. That's absolutely awful. Yeah. So she did survive. When she wakes up the next morning, he was spooning her and telling her he loved her. Oh, yeah. When she finally came to. Wow. But then in the next breath, he threatened her with violence if she ever told anybody or went to the cops or, you know, about what he said the night before when he was almost killing her
1: dude this guy is just like he he's all kinds of sick in the head man like
0: oh yeah there's a lot to unpack here totally so he threatens her and her family with violence if she goes to the police but she goes to the police anyway she's like i can't do this anymore he's gonna kill me and he's gonna kill my my children so she goes to the police anyways and she tells them About what happened to her. And that he told her that he killed Kara. And that he killed their cats. Their cats? Uh Uh-huh. I guess they had three kittens. And he also beat one of their kittens to death and drowned the other two. All right. All right. God, man. Yeah, this guy's a psychopath. Yeah, Yeah, to say the least. So, he's finally arrested. You know, not for Kara's murder or anything, but for abusing his girlfriend, Candace. And for animal cruelty. But... After everything goes through the courts and everything, he's released on probation. For how long? I don't know, like two years? It's not long So long for trying to kill his pregnant girlfriend and animal cruelty, he got probation. Yeah. Nope. I just want that to sink in for a second.
1: Nope. None of this is an acceptable consequence.
0: Yeah, so this kid just like, I mean, he for some reason, he just always skates punishment. Like he's doing terrible stuff, but he's getting away with it. But by 2012, he finally does something so egregious that he was finally sentenced to prison time. What? What? I mean. I was going to say, you want to guess?
1: What else could he have done that was worse than what he's already done?
0: He ordered drugs on the internet. <laughs> oh my. You gotta be kidding. Nope. He got three years and nine months in a federal prison for ordering drugs on the internet you know through the mail oh wow so because this idiot used the USPS instead of UPS to save like 10 cents on shipping he got three years and nine months in federal prison but for trying to murder his pregnant girlfriend no big no big deal jail time. no big deal at all mm-hmm.
1: do we know what kind of drugs he was trying to order just out of curiosity because I didn't know you could order drugs off of the internet
0: <laughs> yeah it was something stupid and I don't even know if I don't know I don't even know if it was actual drugs or if it was like the ingredients to make drugs you know how some people manufacture things yeah i've seen breaking bad i know so three years nine months in a federal prison for ordering drugs through the mail so while in prison the police did try to interview him about kara's disappearance like see if he would confess while he was in prison but he wouldn't give anything to that like he wouldn't even give him an interview but then his cellmate came forward and again the cellmate told him that he confessed to him to killing Kara.
1: Okay, so a third person is now saying this.
0: Yeah, and actually it ends up being like seven people total throughout the years that come forward and say that he confessed to them, and every wow. one of them has the exact same story. Like they don't even know each other. This cellmate doesn't know his high school girlfriend, who doesn't know the roommate, you know what I mean? Like they and they all have the same stories. He gets
1: drunk, he admits it, and and the same story of how he did it, too, huh?
0: Yes. Yes, that's what I mean. They all have the same story.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you meant the same thing. Like, he gets drunk, he talks about killing her, but th- but it's all the same manner of killing her, too.
0: Yes. The same details. Yes. Got yes. it. Anyway, they still can't take the word of somebody else, though, as a reason to arrest somebody. Like, it's just not enough. Like, I could go to the cops and tell them that you confessed to something just to get you arrested. That's not enough. Right. So by September of 2016, early September, like September 2nd, Kyler was released from prison, you know, because they couldn't charge him with anything. So all he did was his drug time, and then they had to release him. This
1: would be a good case for, like, vigilante justice. Like, this would be a good one for,
0: for, like, Batman or Dexter to, like, get in on and just been like, you know what? I got it. Yeah, especially because... Four days after he's released from prison, another young girl goes missing. No. Oh, yeah. Like, that quick, man? Were they able to tie it to him? Yep. Who is she? 21-year-old Jessica Runyons. She was a pastry chef, and she had a lot of family and friends who all loved her. They described her as a loving, generous, loyal person. Um, She had two sisters that were younger than her. She loved music. She was no longer living at home with her parents, though. She was 21. And she was a manager at her job. Like, she was doing really well. And she was living with a boyfriend. And supposedly this boyfriend was childhood friends with Kyler Eust. Oh, no way. So her mom was supposed to meet her for a doctor's appointment on the 9th of September. And she didn't show up. And her and her mom were pretty close. Even though they didn't live together anymore, they were really close. Which is why she asked her mom to go to this doctor's appointment with her. So her mom was like, why would she not show up? She asked me to come to this. Yeah, no kidding. So after trying to get a hold of her and calling all of her friends and her boyfriend that she lives with, they find out that the last time anybody had seen her was the night of September 6th at a house party that she went to with Kyler Eust. Oh, dude. So there's rumors that her and her boyfriend were having problems and they may or may not have been kind of breaking up, but they were still living together. So That's part of the reason why they say that the boyfriend didn't report her missing, was because they were kind of breaking up. Mm. And then she would end up going to this house party with his friend, Kyler, and she's never been seen since.
1: Okay, so more about this party. Like, did they have other friends there? Was the boyfriend there? How did they know that they were there?
0: Yeah, there was people at this house party, and they all claimed that she and Kyler were arguing because he was being possessive over her. Oh, well, that's on brand. Okay. It is on brand, although it's not really because she has a boyfriend who's his friend. So unless there was some hanky-panky going on, it's kind of weird that he would be possessive of her. Yeah. It's kind of awkward, but either way, everybody at this party says that they were together at the party and that they were arguing, and then they left together around 11 p.m. And she's not been seen since. Wow. Her car was seen, though. Where was her car seen? Well, in the middle of the night on the 9th, so a couple nights after she went missing, actually like the early morning of the 10th, her car was found on fire in a heavily wooded area. Like clearly had been set on fire. And she was not in the vehicle. It was just her car on fire in the woods. That's suspicious. That's peculiar. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of clues inside of her car about where Kyler is, where she is. What Like, maybe something happened to both of them. You know, they don't have any... I mean, probably not, because he's kind of a douche, but... <laughs> but there's just no clues in her car, is the point of that. But then later on, on the 10th, a guy named Jessup calls the police.
1: Jessup. Yes. That is an old-timer, mining name if I've ever heard
0: one. Yeah. So this guy, Jessup, calls the police and tells them that Kyler killed Jessica. And the police are like, yeah, we've heard this a lot people call in and tell us he killed Kara too you know there's nothing we could do if you guys just keep telling us he killed people like we gotta have proof but this guy jessup he comes with receipts oh finally turns out jessup is kyler's brother no way jessup and kyler they're half brothers that's okay they have the same mom but she didn't raise them i guess so they didn't really grow up together they got a little bit closer to each other when they were more like teenagers because they didn't even grow up – like, they each grew up on their dad's side of the families because their mom didn't raise them.
1: Right. Right. Okay,
0: But either way, they became close as teenagers. So this guy, Jessup, Kyler's brother calls and he says that Kyler confessed to him that he had killed Jessica and then begged him to come to the spot where the burned car was and pick him up. And so he says he went there and Kyler lit Jessica's car on fire and then he picked him up and drove him away from the area.
1: Oh, this is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and he had like he knew where the car was found everything. Like he had, they were like, "Okay, this guy's telling the truth, obviously."
1: Well, this guy Kyler shouldn't have been like around anyway. Right, like Well, yeah. He should have been still in jail for many reasons.
0: Of course. That's the saddest part of this story. Yeah, 100%. This second half of this story should have neither half should have happened, but this second half should have never happened. But either way, Jessup says that he helped pick up his brother Kyler. And Kyler burned Jessica's car, and then he confessed to him that he had killed Jessica, and he took him to, like, a remote mobile home that he owned, that Jessup owned, on, like, a remote property, so that Kyler could hide out for a couple days, like, while things cooled off. Oh,
1: yeah. And then Jessup led the police there?
0: Yeah, yeah. Then he left, and then he called the police. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm turning this guy. Like, I can't do this. Like, his conscience got the better of him after he left him there. You know, after he got away from his physical presence, he's like, oh, I gotta call the police.
1: I would think he just left him there to, like, leave him there. It's like, okay, he thinks he's here. Let's, you know, he outsmarted him is what I would go with,
0: but... That's kind of what it seems like he did. So when the cops go to Jessup's trailer, where he said Kyler would be, they arrested him. Not for the murder... But for the arson, because Jessup was there to witness him lighting the car on fire, and he has burns all about his face and hands, so they're like, that's <laughs> literally the definition of getting caught red-handed. Yeah, got him. And he was a dick when the reporters, when they were like doing the perp walk into the jail and stuff, were like, "Where's Jessica?" They would ask him, like, "Where's Jessica?" And he wouldn't say anything. And they're like, "What happened to your face?" And he'd be like, "What happened to your face?" <laughs> like that was his. That was this guy's. Attitude, and they were like, Did you kill her? And he's like, Did you kill her? It's like, Okay, stop copying me, (laughs) dude. This guy sucks on every level. Oh, he sucks so bad! He sucks
1: so bad.
0: So then, while he was in jail, his mom called on the phone, or he called his mom. I don't know which one happened, but there's a phone call between him and his mom. And you can obviously, I she didn't raise him, his grandparents raised him. He's still clearly pretty bitter about this because he literally tells her on that phone call that her being a shit mom is the reason that he kills people oh my god he really is the worst Yeah, and she's like, give me a break. And it's like, well, I mean, probably it's part of the reason that he kills people, but.
1: Killing people because you're a shit mom is not a reason to kill people.
0: It's definitely not, but that's why he's so fucked up, for sure.
1: Yes, I believe that.
0: Yeah, which is what he's telling her on the phone. And she's like, okay, but just tell us where Jessica's body is. At least don't be a shit person now. Just tell us where she is. And he doesn't. He just, like, proceeds to tell her that because she didn't pick him up when he was a kid and never came to see him and didn't raise him, like, that she's the reason that he kills people. Lovely. Uh-huh. So he pipes back, and they go back and forth, and then he calls her, a, I think, a bitch or something, and she's just like, okay, bye, and she hangs up on him. Well, I think immediately he realized, like, oh, fuck, these phone calls are recorded. yeah. So he calls her back right away and is like, I'm really sorry. I, d- I don't really kill people. I just said all that out of spite. Like, I was just trying to hurt you because you hurt me as a kid. So he backtracked immediately on that phone call.
1: So, like, he's already admitted it. Like, can they use those calls in court even if he then backtracked?
0: Like, can you just be like, yeah, we didn't hear those. Sorry about it. I don't think you can say you didn't hear him, no. Because mm-hmm. that's all part of discovery. Like, you have to play both. But, yeah, you can play the first one. But you also have to play the second one. Gotcha. But I think everybody could see what's going on here. He got pissed at his mom. They got in a fight. Yeah, he blurted something out, and then now he's like, "Oh fuck, it was recorded." Like it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it sounds like it. So around this time, the brother Jessup, the one who like couldn't deal with this and called and turned his brother in, he also was arrested for like an unrelated charge of arson. Oh! Didn't see that coming. Yeah, apparently he burned down his uncle's house or something. And then when the fire department showed up to like put out the fire, he blocked them from. He's like, "This is my house. I'll burn down if I want to." Like type deal.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> normal sane people do that all the time. That makes complete sense.
0: Yeah. So there's rumors that maybe. They burned evidence from Jessica's murder at this house, and then he burned the house down. Or maybe there was childhood trauma at that house. I have no idea. But he burned the house down and then wouldn't let the fire department put the fire out. So they charged him with arson. So now he's in jail too.
1: I didn't see that coming. That's interesting that that happened because I thought he was the good guy in
0: all of this. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a better guy than his brother because he couldn't live with and he turned him in but that also screwed him up having to turn in his brother and he had been clean and he kind of fell off the wagon and there was like this whole thing so jessup and kyler are both in jail karen jessica's families joined forces and became very very close trying to find their daughters because both girls are still missing even though everybody knows that kyler probably killed them they they've never been found and he's only been charged with arson so they organize searches, media appearances, all that kind of stuff, and they all they do it together. They become really close because they're both going through the exact same thing. Yeah, make I mean, yeah, it makes sense. They even found remains of other people while they were searching for their daughters. You know, in some of these organized searches.
1: Mm, yeah, kind of. Um, Elijah Wilson is that the one? Nope,
0: Daniel Robinson. <laughs>
1: Like Daniel Robinson. Yeah. Daniel Robinson's family. That's kind of what they're doing, too.
0: Yeah. And this is similar. Like, they found the bodies of two men, Brandon, uh, Brandon Herring and Dante Jefferson. Both of them had gone missing in 2016. And during these searches for the girls' bodies, they found their bodies. And both of those cases have been ruled homicides, too, and are unsolved. Wow. Oh, man. They don't think they're related to this, but they found their bodies searching for the girls' bodies.
1: Still, that's, I mean, you're looking for one thing and you
0: find a completely different thing. You know, that's a a pretty big deal. Like in April of 2017 when a mushroom hunter was looking for mushrooms. Love
1: it. I absolutely love it. I love when the mushroom hunters find these things.
0: Yep. So in April of 2017, a mushroom hunter was in the woods south of where they had been searching, like pretty far south so it wasn't in the search area. So he's looking for mushrooms and he finds human remains. So of course he calls 911 and reports it. And when they go out and they do a grid search, they find a second set of human remains. So they find the one that he found and then right near it, they find another set, which are clearly older and have been there a lot longer.
1: So at that point, do they think this is a dumping ground or just happens to be where two people bodies ended up or like, what are they thinking about this area that it's the girls but they're se- but they're separate right no they're together oh okay that makes sense
0: so very quickly the first set of remains that were found were identified as jessica rennans but the other set because it was a lot older they were sent out for testing and it would be months before it was confirmed to be cara's body yeah i knew it I knew it was going to be. Yeah. So by August, they confirmed that it was Kara's body. Wow. So they were found together. Yeah. This guy kept, he went to the same spot and did it again. So Kara and Jessica both last seen with Kyler and now their remains being found together is finally what was enough for them to be able to charge this idiot with homicide. Finally. Finally.
1: Okay. And he's, and he's got to go for life, right? Like they're putting him
0: away. Yeah, they're trying to. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so his, his brother Jessup was going to be a pretty important witness. You know, along with all the ex-girlfriends and friends that he had confessed to, all the character witnesses to testify that he's a douchebag. But his brother's like the main witness, because his brother watched him burn Jessica's car, picked him up from that. He confessed to her kill. you know what I mean? So yeah, his yeah. brother's going to be like the main witness. So the trial's set a few times, but... Kyler and his legal team keep finding ways to delay it. Like, they try to pretend that he's crazy, and he's not fit to stand trial, so they have to go through the whole psyche-eval thing, and they're like, nope, he's fine. And then they wanted more DNA tests, so they tried to postpone it for that. And then they claimed that one of the investigators was sleeping with a witness. So that was inappropriate. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) They just try every tactic in the book to try to delay the trial. Yeah. I'm sure they were trying to come up with a defense. Right. it's all they got. Then COVID hits. See, he was charged in 2017. By the time he was going to go to trial after all these delay tactics, COVID was in full swing. So then it was delayed again. But he's been behind bars this whole time, right? Even though he's waiting for trial? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. They just keep delaying it. (laughs) So by the spring of 2021, he finally goes to trial and everything went pretty much expected. Everybody got on the stand and says, yes, he's Obviously, the guy, you know, they give all these witness statements about how horrible he is and abusive and controlling and Kara was the last one to be seen with him. Jessica, he was the last one to be seen with her. You know, the trial goes as expected. The only hiccup was his brother, Jessup.
1: What did Jessup do? I mean, he was supposed to be a a star witness, right?
0: Correct. But he decided in the fall of 2020 to cover the camera in his jail cell and hang himself. Oh, no. So they not only lost Jessup and his testimony as a witness, but now the defense, their defense was that Jessup was the killer and that Kyler just helped him. Oh, no way. Yeah, they they tried to say that Jessup was a serial killer. Yeah, they tried to flip it. Yeah, and that Kyler didn't know anything about this. And that he just got unlucky, because they were like, well, wouldn't that be pretty unlucky that you've had two girlfriends go missing and turn up dead together? And he's like, well, anybody with a brother as a serial killer would be considered unlucky. They literally used his deceased brother as a... Pawn. ...defense. Yeah. Trying to say that he was the killer. Does this work? Because...
1: I hate it. Okay, good. I'm like, well, you never know with some of these
0: things. Well, good. I know, but it does not work. Yeah. So he was convicted of second degree murder and of involuntary manslaughter. So apparently, in the state of Missouri, you know how some states they have to charge whatever they're trying to charge? So they'll charge like first degree, second degree, third degree, all that. Yeah. In the state of Missouri, they only have to charge murder. And then the jury can decide if it's first degree, second degree, manslaughter voluntary novel like they can decide all that okay you don't have to specifically charge it so what the, he he was convicted and what the jury came up with was second degree murder and involuntary manslaughter so they didn't feel like the prosecution proved enough that it was premeditated is pretty much what they're saying like he didn't plan this all out beforehand he obviously snapped in the heat of the moment and killed them
1: i can see that probably being accurate but yeah. I can also see him planning it out to kill them. So
0: I know. I know. But they couldn't prove that he planned it out. Right. So,
1: so what, came, what sentence came with that?
0: Well, the maximum. The judge gave him the maximum. But the maximum for involuntary manslaughter in Missouri is 15 years. So he got 15 years at, for that, and then he got life in prison for oh, the second-degree okay. murder charge. All right. The problem, again, with Missouri is a life sentence caps out at 30 years.
1: Okay. Well, that's not a whole life, but okay.
0: Right. So no matter what, the most he can serve is 45 years, because he got 15 and then the 30 for the life sentence. Now, so he will be released from prison in 45 years.
1: Unless he does something in prison that extends it. That they charge him for, yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a guy like this, is, it sounds like he's going to do something, although- he likes to pick on people that aren't his size and he can overpower. So
0: maybe Exactly. He'll keep his hands to himself, but Yeah, or maybe he'll piss somebody off and then he won't make it the full 45 years, but either way, he's only going to serve for like he's not going to serve a full life sentence unless he dies before 45 years. Sure. But but he's young, so I mean, it's possible that he's going to get let out someday.
1: Yeah, how old is he right now? Like, let's see, he was 19 in 2007, right? He's 34. Okay. Oh, wow. So he's 34 right now. Yeah. He he could definitely get out, but he'd be
0: an old man. Oh, yeah. He'd be in his 70s, but he could get out. So,
1: well, that's a nuts, n- crazy story. There's a lot going on there. I am happy that it's closed, though. We can put a nice little bow on it and uh,
0: wrap up with it and not have to like keep thinking about it because that's what drives me nuts. Yeah. What drives me nuts about this one is that, well, first of all, if Kara could have gotten away from him, never dated him in the first place, then this could all have been avoided. You know, she would be still here. But what really, really makes me irritated about this case is that if they could have just charged him for Kara, he would have never been out to kill Jessica. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. I was thinking kind of along those same lines, too.
0: So it's really tragic. And the point of this case is that abuse always escalates and gets worse. So don't put up with it. Get out while you still can. Safely. And take it seriously. You know, if it's starting with little things, those are huge red flags. Just get out. Get away.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. Because that kind of stuff, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah. Anyway, before we go, did you hear about the cartoonist who was found dead in his home? No. Oh man, I I tell you the details, but they're sketchy.
0: <laughs> I feel like you've done that one already.
1: I couldn't remember, so I just pulled it out. But you know, maybe somebody <laughs> new is listening for the first time. They've never heard it. Leave me alone.
0: <laughs> you can't reuse jokes.
1: Well, I don't remember all of them, so.
0: <laughs> oh man, you should write them down. Keep a log.
1: I know. I I need to for my for my book. But until then, I'm probably just going to use some of these over and over again. But you didn't remember it, so it's okay.
0: I did as soon as you said it. Yeah, well,
1: it took you a minute. Anyway. All
0: right. I'll, well, I love you. I love you, too. I'll call you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been a production of Orange Halo Media, LLC, hosted by Grant Narica. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. To chat with us, go to From Crime to Crime on Instagram, From Crime to Crime on TikTok, From Crime the Number two Crime on Twitter, Or you can visit our website at fromcrime2crime.com. See you next Wednesday.